When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your moves. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Texas Conflict Coach radio program. If you have ever experienced or engaged in destructive or unresolved conflict, then you know it leads to broken relationships, distrust, and damaging results. Our program will help you manage and resolve conflict effectively with strategies, valuable resources, and support. I am your host, Patty Porter. My guest hosts, Dina Zametta and Stephen Kotev, along with our guest experts, We'll share our experiences, raise your awareness, and give you food for thought. We will share with you problem-solving strategies, no matter what your situation is. At work, with neighbors or friends, family, and as partners, tune in or join in the conversation every Tuesday evening. Welcome, listeners, to our brand new Conflict Chat program. This is Patty Porter, founder of the Texas Conflict Coach online radio program. So, what is the new Conflict Chat program? Well, the last Tuesday of every month, we will highlight conflict related topics that the ordinary person deals with in their daily lives things we hear or see in the news, or maybe we ourselves have experienced. But more importantly, you have the opportunity to call in and ask your question with conflict management experts who are mediators, conflict coaches, and facilitators on how to think about differently, analyze, or steps to resolve your situation. So getting you to think about that. Now, for an example, if you are in a current conflict with a friend or you're avoiding a conversation with a family member or maybe you're dwelling on a past conflict with your boss or coworker, we will provide you with conflict go- coaching guidance just simply by asking uh, questions. Now, you can engage with us in three primary ways. You can call us right now. 347-324-3591 and press the one key. So we want to know, um, that, that will let us know that you want to speak to us. And Or you can enter the chat room at Blog Talk Radio and you simply type in blogtalkradio.com forward slash Texas-Conflict-Coach and you will scroll down and see the chat room is open now and you can let us know what your question or concern is regarding your conflict. You can also engage with us using the hashtag ConflictChat and tweet us at TXConflictCoach uh, and also engage with us that way as well. So in tonight's Conflict Chat, I have with me longtime guest host Zena Zumata. She is a highly experienced mediator and conflict management coach, and with me also, Abigail, we call her Abby McManus, and she is a recent master's graduate at the University of Baltimore's Dispute Resolution and Negotiation Program. She's also an apprentice for the Texas Conflict Coach, so you can learn more about them at texasconflictcoach.com. So welcome, Zena and Abby. Well, thanks, Patty. Thank you so much, Patty. 
Well, this will be fun, you know, and this is our first time, and so we are going to be building, you know, our live call-in audience. And uh, and so, you know, in preparation listeners of this new format that we're using every uh, the last Tuesday of every month, we decided, you know, what? let's look in the current news. What are we finding in the current news? Uh, just about ordinary, everyday conflict. Now, some of the examples we found out might not necessarily cons- might be considered ordinary for some people, but I thought they were pretty interesting. Uh, so why don't we start with the first situation that Zena found? And Zena, why don't you give us a little brief summary of the story that you found? Well, I thought this was an interesting twist on road rage. This is uh, a road rage story from Hawaii, and of course, Hawaii, as with all the states, have plenty of examples of regular road rage. But this one ended with a coconut fight. Um, so it turns out that luckily nobody had a gun and, um, people started throwing coconuts. What I didn't realize, of course, is that coconuts are kind of heavy and there is a picture of a windshield that was broken from a coconut, but it was kind of ironic that that is the way that the, uh, the road rage incident ended. They did arrest a couple of people, (laughs) um, but apparently no one got hurt. Now this was in where was this in? Obviously was uh This is in Hawaii, on Oahu. In Hawaii, okay. All right, well, where lots of coconuts are. You know, there's coconuts in different places, but definitely uh you know, coconuts in, in Hawaii. And what what was the thing that brought that to your attention? Why did you choose that one? Well, I just thought it was a very interesting way for people to have a fight. I mean, um usually when there's road rage somebody is in your face and and they're yelling at you and will sometimes, you know, barricade themselves in the cars to avoid it. But in this case, everybody got out and they started having this coconut fight. (laughs) (laughs) When you first told me about it, it was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So somebody said it was kind of like they were playing dodgeball, only they were using coconuts instead of red rubber ball. (laughs) (laughs) And I imagine, Abby, that uh, I don't know if you play dodgeball, but I imagine that the coconuts hurt a little bit, especially if they uh, crack the the windshield of a car. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, what, I, what when you first told us this story, I was thinking in my head, like, how many people are driving around with coconuts in the back of their car, and where are they? I that's mean, I'm right. assuming they have a lot of them everywhere, but that's just that seems like a lot of work just to handle a, an issue such as road rage. Right. You know, we hear about road rage all the time, and and in fact, uh, you know, there was a recent incident here in Austin, uh, Texas. It was actually today or yesterday that it went national on the news, and they've been showing the video of these two men. They were stopped in traffic at a light, and they got out, and one had a metal pole and one had a bat, and they were going at it, you know. So we hear – Yeah, I mean, it was on Fox News. It's been on several uh, national programs, and it was just like, okay, so what makes people, you know, do this? You know, not just in road rage situations, uh, but we hear a lot of those in the news. So what are we actually observing when people are triggered? Obviously, in the coconut fight, in the two guys that were, you know, beating it out with these sticks, I mean, literally a metal, you know, metal pipe Mm. and a bat, what are we observing where people are triggered? You know, right, I so think listen. a lot of it is is that people feel disrespected. Um, they're sitting in their car, somebody cuts them off, 
or somebody they've been in a long line of traffic going very very slowly and then all of a sudden somebody comes from around and gets into the line when everybody else has been waiting patiently and it just enrages somebody who's been playing by the rules and then somebody else doesn't and that that's often what will trigger road rage or somebody will do something and the other person will flash them or give them the finger or whatever and that person takes offense. I mean, those are the kinds of things that usually trigger it. And I was, uh, I actually just read an article for, that I was writing for my blog piece this week about how lack of patience, um, a trigger for patients or impatience is if you have a goal that you're trying to meet and then once something happens that triggers, what triggers you to be impatient is something that is putting further distance between you and your goal and that frustrates people. And I thought that was a really interesting concept, and the fact and the fact that you said disrespectful, I had never thought of it as that. But there's it's almost like everyone has their own set of rules when they're driving, especially in traffic. And you know, the people that drive up the shoulder and then try to like cut over, people get really offended by stuff like that. And I I agree that it's definitely a, it's it's like people are trying to abide by certain rules, their own personal rules, and that's what triggers it too. So, you know, it's interesting because there are those differences. First, the first part is, you know, what, you know, listeners, when you're in a conflict situation and you're observed, you yourself or you're seeing someone. So we watched, you know, the television, uh, you know, many of us saw the television of the two guys going at her. We read the article and we see the coconuts in the windshield. And you read the story and you feel like you're there and you're observing people in this fight mode, right? They get triggered, whatever the trigger is for them, and they go into this reaction. This, And for some it's, you know, here there's violence being used in terms of the actual hitting of each other. I'm sure so- someone was really pretty injured in the, those with those two men and even the property damage uh, in that sense but there's a fight they're they're fighting so the question then becomes what are we protecting when we go into defense mode and you already mentioned you know playing by the rules or the feeling of I'm protecting that my my sense of being respected um, or, you know, my goal of getting there on time, you know, I'm late for work, I need to get there on time, and someone's being somehow somewhere, you know, that we're fe- feeling offended by on the road. Um, so what are other things that we're protecting when we go into defense mode? When we're triggered, we are trying to protect something, something of value to us. So respect uh, maybe the value is the rule. We play by the rules. And so if you're not playing by the rules, somehow you have, uh, I'm protecting the, the sanctity of rules. What other things come to mind in, in terms of what we're protecting? I think, right, I think yeah, go ahead, Zena. Oh, no, I just think that's a great question. I think each of us has to answer that for ourselves. So I was pleased that that you were throwing it out to the listeners to really think about that for themselves, that what is it that triggers you and what is it that, that you react with when that happens? And do you even notice that you've been triggered or, or do you get that, um, that observation only after you've started to react and maybe you're halfway across the room to somebody? So I thought that was a great point, Patty. And that just reminded me when you said, what are you protecting? Um, In Baltimore, we just experienced all that, the blizzard that just happened. And in Baltimore City, it's a well-known tradition that if you shovel out your space, you put a chair in your space. 
and they people expect you to be able to come back and get your same spot if you shovel it out. And I've seen multiple fights over people's parking spaces, and it just when you said, what are you protecting? So many people in Baltimore City have been protecting their parking spot that they dug out for hours and hours and hours, and that's just, I never thought of it as protecting something. That's just a really interesting perspective on it. Well, that's a, I'm so glad you said that because I was, uh, you know, following a lot of friends and colleagues on Facebook who, who experienced the blizzard, and uh, a colleague friend, uh, actually a joint colleague friend of ours, I won't name names <laughs> for to protect privacy, but he showed a picture of someone putting one of those hazard cones, those orange cones, mm-hmm. in the spot. You know, so you see all the car, there was a car in front and a car in back full of snow. And then this nicely dug out, cleaned out space with a cone. And so this colleague friend had taken a picture from their house from across the street and says, you know, something like, let the games begin. And I'm thinking, what? I I didn't understand what the game was. And I'm like, now now that you explain it, Abby, (laughs) they're protecting their what? They're in their mind, their right for that space. They're protecting Mm -hmm. their hard work. And so respect the fact that I work so hard to clean out that space, which in their minds makes it that space theirs. Um, mm-hmm. What would be other reasons that they're protecting? Well, also that because their 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 car was in that space, and they dug it out. So if they hadn't dug it out and they couldn't get their car out, that their car would have been in that space. Mm-hmm. 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 There's a lot. It's it's very funny because it's very like more like you see people's like how ethical people or moral people are are trying to be when it gets to blizzard around here just because you see that and it's always a constant debate and and that's i think people are just trying to protect like it it, whether what they think is right or wrong or where the gray area is between is it their space or is it not their space or who has the right to it i guess yes yes but the thing about is they put their sweat hard you know hard sweat tears Mm -hmm. and back into clearing that snow out and so there's this sense of uh you know you know the sense of whatever the ethics or morality that says if someone parks in that space they take the cone out and park in that space i can imagine that could be a real trigger for the person mm-hmm. who put that cone down <laughs> but it is thinking well, yes, about that and, and and that person doesn't want to park in that space because that that car then becomes a sitting duck for all the rage <laughs> of the person oh, who cleaned yeah. it out and the neighbors who are going to be doing that with their cars too. So. Yes, but the, but what was interesting is that already when someone claimed their space, you know, someone already knew. Okay, let the games begin. It's just like okay, you know. So it can generate a lot of you know that fight reaction, you know, when we feel threatened. Uh, and that threat is not necessarily a physical threat. Now, obviously, in the case of the two guys who are hitting each other with a bat, you know, one had the bat or one had the instrument before the other. So, of course, the other guy, he starts looking for, you know, his defense weapon, you know, because he does feel physically threatened. But in this case, it's not a physical threat. It's a, it's a psychological threat, right? It's a it's a threat of, hey, you're, you're taking what I believe is mine, uh, which is the space so um all right so we are tuned in or you are tuned in 
Hopefully we're tuned in too, uh, but you are tuned in to the Texas Conflict Coach radio program, and we are having our first conflict chat, which is going to be held every uh, last Tuesday of every month, uh, where we invite you to call in live with your conflict situations, and certainly we're talking about current stuff in the news that we're hearing about a reminded of experience, and we certainly invite you to follow us on Blog Talk Radio and uh, follow us on Twitter at, at, at TX Conflict Coach. I have with me, uh, Abby McManus and Zena Zimata. And so we're talking about some conflict situations. Now, there's another one um, that, uh, Abby, that you found online that I also thought was really interesting. Uh, so why don't you give us a little bit of a summary of that uh, example? Uh, yes. I found an article um, about Chris Christie offering advice, uh, marital advice. And the advice was that any time him and his wife argued, they he grew up in a family that argued a lot. His parents argued in front of him, and he didn't want to argue in front of his kids. So his wife and or in front of his kids and in front of state troopers that drive them around. And he, because you never know who's going to run off and say anything to anybody. So their rule is that they're never going to argue in front of those two people. So what they do instead is they go into their walk-in closet and get into arguments. And he says that it's it's a challenge, but it's definitely you know it's definitely a way to handle a different way to handle conflict. And I had never heard of this before. I heard of don't fight in front of your kids, but I had never heard of going into a walk-in closet and then having it out in, in a different room or something. So I thought that was a really interesting article. Now, first, explain because not everyone's going to know who Chris Christie is. So who is Chris Christie? Oh, I'm sorry. He is the governor of New Jersey. Okay, so he's the current current governor. The current governor, yes. Okay, so the current governor of New and, Jersey, and he's, and he's also and he's a presidential running. candidate. The yes, he's running for president as well. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah for the Republican yeah. candidate. For okay, yeah. good. Yeah. So, because we have a lot of listeners, as you know, all around the globe. So, um, so what was appealing, or what was really standing out for you, Abby, in this particular article, besides not having heard about someone walking, going into their closet to argue? <laughs> Um, well, what really stands out, I'm a newlywed, and I thought that was a really interesting idea. I also, um, I guess it resonated with me because I also grew up with parents who did argue in front of me, and it was always a little distressing, and I just thought that's a very interesting way to be able to, I mean, because I don't believe that a couple could just, like, not, I don't believe in it not arguing. So I, I always have been thinking, like, well, what's going to happen when we have kids? I don't think it's proper to do that. So I just really like this advice because it's. I still think it's, it's more realistic, but it's also well to not argue in front of the kids. So as a newlywed, I was taking the advice there. I was looking for the advice, I guess. Well, I, so, also, I also thought it was interesting because most of the time uh, parents think about, well, what room can we go in? And, and maybe it's our bedroom that we fight in. And you always hear, hear stories about the kids saying that they can hear through the walls. <laughs> so, so I thought the idea of a walk-in closet was just very creative. Yes, very creative. Well, I, I, my first thought when you told me about the uh, the story was they must have a really big closet, <laughs> you know, or they're very close together. But what is it that you like or dislike about this strategy? Um, well, I like, I do like the fact that they're not, I more or less like the idea of not arguing in front of their kids. I do like the strategy of going into a different room and taking yourselves out of it. I, I really like 
um, he actually, he was saying how when him and his wife leave dinner parties, if something ever happens at a dinner party, they don't want to argue in front of the state troopers. So they have, like, all this time before they get home, and then they and then they argue. And I also kind of like that idea of kind of taking a break beforehand because that allows people to cool down and kind of uh, think before, think about what they're going to argue about or what they're going to say or not say. And I think that's also a good strategy, too, to just kind of take a break and then maybe go into another area and, you know, have a discussion or bicker or whatever it is you're going to do. What about you, Zena? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think both of those are great. But I also thought the idea of the walk-in closet, I mean, aside from the fact that it's a good idea and probably it's a little bit more soundproof, it also is kind of enclosed. I mean, it gives you the kind of image of a cave, you know, this is our safe place to go to fight. And so I thought the atmosphere was kind of interesting as well, that you're not doing it out in the open. It's really in this enclosed space. It's a little bit more intimate. And um, the other thing I was thinking was, you don't want to spend a lot of time in a walk-in closet. So probably your your, your fights are going to be shorter if that's where you do them. I, I love that you uh, said that because I, you know, just like what all what you've already said, both of you, I kept thinking, you know, who's going to want to be there in a long time? And, and it becomes the, like, the fighting room. You know, it's that, that safe place where you can actually fight in a safe way. Um, but also I kept thinking maybe there's ground rules. You know, when we go into the fighting room, the walk-in closet, that we have certain ground rules. Now, I don't know that Chris Christie has ground rules, but um, but in the sense that when they go into that closet, what kept coming up for me is, okay, when we go into the closet to fight, these are the ground rules. And so, listeners, if you have a fighting space as a way to protect your children, as a way to say this is where we know when we have to have a difficult conversation or we're going to yell at each other or whatever, we do it in a fair way, we do it in this space, and here are some ground rules around you know, fighting in this space. And like I love what you said, when you're in a more intimate space, Zena, you know, you don't want to stay in there that long, so it makes it shorter. You can't and once you leave, right, you can't fight anymore. You have to go back into the closet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And the other thing that I liked about it was that it wasn't their bedroom, that they made their fighting space separate from their sleeping space and their intimate space. So that um their bedroom is kind of uh, their own sacred area, mm. um, mm-hmm. and they don't fight there. So I th- that's the other thing that appealed to me about it is that it really, it not only is it separate from the state troopers and from their children, but it's separate from, you know, their own uh, marital lives as well. So, you know, really interesting. Here we had two very, very different examples of, you know, conflict situations that happen in marriages, right? You know, fighting and and then fighting with – and whether you have children or not – you know, having that fighting space, I love the idea of keeping your sacred intimate space, your bedroom separate, you know, find a, a separate fighting spaces, if you will. But it's so different from the road rage uh, example. You know, it's interesting, and I didn't so much read it in the Chris Christie. Both of, their, both of these have all links, listeners, uh, to these articles. 
and they're on the Texas Conflict Coach, and you'll see them, and you can click on them. And Abby and uh, I have been doing a lot of stuff on Twitter, so you'll see the links there, and you can read the links. But what was interesting on the coconut article, uh, Zena, and I don't know if you saw these, Abby, but it generated a lot of more triggers. It generated more triggers for more people. So when you see blog posts and then people write their comments, so on the coconut fight one, which was really interesting, there were 53 comments uh, from people who were responding. And as you read the thread, you know, first people are real lighthearted about it and they're making fun, but then all of a sudden it starts to turn the tide and people are triggered by the comments and they're being they're triggering now they're getting into you know the value and culture of Hawaii and people feel like they've been offended about their you know Hawaiian culture and and throwing coconuts and then it becomes about you know the values and beliefs of you know of the you know US mainland versus the Hawaii culture and it just it just escalated out of control I'm thinking well isn't this interesting so any thoughts about that that you wanted to share, either of you, about that? Well, I, I don't know if you, if you, if either of you ever read the comments section on any article, but it always mm-hmm. ends up that way. Oh, that yeah. is, the first few comments tend to be about whatever the subject is, and then people start getting into fights with each other. And it, it, what's what's interesting to me, and, and Patty and Abby, I'd be interested in your thoughts on this. Is what is it about us as human beings that we like to start fights, especially when we're relatively anonymous on these, um, you know, on the on the columns. We're not in front of each other, um, and we just like to start fights with each other. What is it? I often ask myself that very same question because I re- I always start reading the conflicts, and it's just it's weird to see it escalate. It's definitely like a conflict spiral where it just starts escalating and escalating and escalating and. Then you see people try to make lighthearted jokes, and I really, I just don't know if it's just people want to be confrontational, or if people are just really, really sensitive to certain things, and it things trigger it in them. You know, so there's always someone that's usually in there who says something that's offensive, and then someone kind of takes offense to it, and then everyone, and then it just kind of escalates from there. There's, it, it's weird because it doesn't ever stay on the topic that the article's about. It very much gear, it veers very quickly. I feel like. Yes, it does. And, um, you know, one of the posts, uh, you know, someone who was responding said, wow, such hostility and animosity. And, and, it, and it starts then going back to, you know, people accusing, uh, I mean, it really gets into, then it starts getting into racism and, you know, how Hawaiians, you know, about the white man. I mean, it's like it goes back hundreds of years and you're like, how did it get to way back there? You know, and, and it does, it triggers when we talk about, you know, triggers. It triggers some, and that's that's part of what I want you to be thinking about, listeners, is when you're triggered in this way, whether you're participating in these blogs and you're just, you know, all this wrath is coming out in these blogs and very hateful, you know, the language is just like, you know, there's no boundaries on some of the language and some of the things that people say on here. And it's triggering some core belief in you. It's, it's triggering some core value in you that you feel someone is threatening in you. And that's what we talk about when we say trigger is people, the way people are reacting to these blogs or to these conflicts in a hair trigger way is a fight response. It's a very, very, and it can be very aggressive response. 
And so part of it is recognizing what that trigger is and how you're reacting and taking some ownership of how you are behaving and reacting. But more importantly, I'm going back to that question of what are you protecting? What is important to you in that core belief and value or maybe part of your identity and who you see yourself to be? Some of these folks are Hawaiian, and they have been for generations, and so they were offended by their identity as Hawaiian and their culture of being Hawaiian and their language of being Hawaiian uh, because um, they have their own language as well. And so it starts to get to their core belief. So listeners be thinking of, you know, what is that thing that you're protecting uh, in your values values, your belief systems, things that are really important to you, some part of your identity. Um, So just be considering that. Um, So we're starting to to wrap down here, Zena and Abby. Uh, Any any considerations that you want to add in terms of tips or strategies? You've already mentioned a, a number of things in the conversation, but anything else that's standing out to you right now that you want listeners to take heed and practice? So I'm thinking that that we've we've been talking about both with the coconuts and with the reaction to the coconuts. We've seen escalation, and that's what road rage is. It's escalation, and then in the comments section, also there was escalation. So if you don't want to be part of the escalation, what can you do to de-escalate not only other people but yourself as well? If you find your temperature rising, your blood pressure going up. What can you do to begin to de-escalate? And is it taking a breath? Is it actually stepping back and and taking a look at what's really going on? Is it questioning, do I really want to get involved in this? Or am I having fun by doing this? Escalation Mm. part of the fun that I have. But really sort of examining for yourself what's going on in that escalation. And do you want to de-escalate? Do you want to step back? Or do you want to join in? Oh, excellent. And I, that was, and I, I was going to just piggyback kind of off of what you just said. I mean, it's very much about being self-aware. I think it takes a lot of effort. I think it takes a lot to just be more aware of why you're feeling this way and what's prompting it. And if you're angry, is it is the person cutting you off? Is that really what's making you angry? Or is it, you know, that they're not following by the rules of the road or Whatever, I think it just takes a lot of just more self-awareness and what's causing it. And like Zena said, ask yourself what's prompting that. Okay, excellent. Okay, so we are going to wrap up here, folks. So this is a little bit of a taste of what we'll be doing, and um, and we're intending and hoping that we will get and uh, build a live audience, or um, either with your situations that you need some guidance on, or you questions or concerns, and we can take it any way. We can uh, you can address them to Twitter, and we'll bring them into the show. You can email us. Uh, you can. Congress is a number of ways through social media, uh, through texasconflictcoach.com, and we'll certainly bring them into the program. We do have a very expansive podcast library, over 265 podcasts. We're going to be celebrating seven years in April, so we do have quite the extensive podcast library uh, on a variety of topics uh, of conflict, and that's Texas, spelt out, T-E-X-A-S, conflictcoach.com. And I'd like to say as a final word is we encourage you to embrace conflict courageously and address it constructively. So until next time, and thank you, Abby and Zena, for being part of our first uh, launch of the Conflict Chat. Thank you, Patty. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to the Texas Conflict Coach. We hope you enjoyed the program. You can find all of our podcasts archived to listen at your convenience at texasconflictcoach.com or download the podcast at iTunes or Stitcher Radio. You can also become a Facebook fan of Conflict Connection or Twitter me at TXConflictCoach. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you could save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood.